Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mecki Lozano. Today, Mary Marioni joins us back on the podcast, and we ponder the great mystery of the Incarnation, as we do with children in our work in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, where we're wondering about this mystery of who Jesus is. Our conversation today is very much in light of what we have been learning through our work with the infant and the toddler preparing that atria about pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, what the basic needs of a woman in labor are, what those basic needs of a newborn are, and what that then gives us light to about the mystery of Jesus and the incarnation. I hope you enjoy. Mary, welcome back to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. Carrie, thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. So, Mary, do you want to introduce who you are? Sure. Um, My name is Mary Marioni, and I have been involved in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd for, oh, over 30 years. It has Hmm. been my delight and joy, the same for my family and my community. I am a catechist with the uh, toddlers and also with level two people right now this year, and I serve as the national director for our association. Do you have a favorite level that you like being in? I would honestly say it would be the group that I'm with. That um, also (laughs) includes, you know, if I'm in it, like right now, I'm in a level one course and a a level two course. They're happening in different, you know, uh, times. Um, I really enjoy being with the adults as well. So really it is, as you know, Carrie, it's it's a way of being. It's very beautiful. So... You know, I could tell you lots of stories from any of those groups. Mm. And, um, I agree with you. It's a way of being. I feel like the longer yeah. that I'm in this work, the more I realize how much it's penetrating every part of my right. life and who I am. Yeah. And you can see it like, oh, that's just like CGS or, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Everything. <laughs> everything. Yes, there's a con- yeah. there's a connection yeah. to everything. Well, because we take a listening stance before God and, you know, we say all the time, right? We we are so taken with the, the meeting of these two mysteries, the mystery of God meeting the mystery of the child, mm-hmm. right? And so the, the child, no matter the age and stage, is, is truly a, a beautiful gift from God. And I enjoy them very much. I feel mm-hmm. very privileged to be in this place with them, in this space and time, called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, you know, living a particular life in the atrium with children and also with adults interested in serving um, children is uh, something I'm very grateful to God for, that this is what he placed in my hands and in my life. Yeah, yeah, I can relate. So how about, Mary, do you want to introduce what we're talking about today? Sure, Carrie. I'm so glad that we can talk about this as we approach our celebration of Christmas. In the beginning of December, we had a a gathering um, for catechists who are working with the infants and toddlers and their families in the atrium. 
And this retreat was called Welcoming the Littlest Ones as a Sacred Act. Yeah, our our speakers were really wonderful. They were Karen Slaybaugh and Ruth Ahart, who we've had on the podcast before. Yes, yes. And um, they were so lovely, so kind and wise. It was really a, a beautiful retreat. Also, we were blessed to be able to have this time from the grant we've received from the Lilly Endowment. So that, that's that been incredibly helpful. Um, and it was, the weekend was the first Sunday of Advent. So we were entering into this season of preparation for Christmas, and here we were, you know, more deeply entering into an understanding of the needs of the, a mother and child in pregnancy, in birth, and in infancy. And it really touched my heart, you know, particularly pondering, you know, what this means for mother and child, but also what this may have meant for Mary and Jesus. Yeah, it was really neat to sit with this knowledge about pregnancy and birth and infancy during this Mm -hmm. season of Advent. It very much came together beautifully to to be able to ponder those two mysteries together like that. It took a whole nother light to to who who Mary and Jesus are and also with the experience that they had together. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's why I'm so grateful, Carrie, to be on the podcast today so that we can just really think about this just to just to ponder a little bit more, maybe in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. Um this mm-hmm. incredible thing that has happened <laughs> mm-hmm. in our, our history, in our world, in our relationship with God. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think sometimes, with especially with the story of Jesus, we've heard it so many times that it kind of becomes mundane. We might turn off our ears whenever we're listening to it because we've heard it so many times. We think we know mm-hmm. the story. But looking at it through this different lens of right. um, the basic needs of a woman in labor and the basic right. needs of a newborn, yeah, it, it gave it a whole new light. I, I agree. I agree. So maybe what we can do, Carrie, is 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 take a listening stance before the gospel. Like, let's just maybe listen to it, maybe in a few parts, and then just kind of reflect on what we heard during the retreat regarding the needs of the mother and the child, um, but in light of what we hear in the gospel. So we're in Luke chapter 2. Mm-hmm. And Joseph 2 went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Yeah. I mean, for all of my life, Carrie, that there was no room for them in the inn has always tugged at my heart. And yet listening and and better understanding the needs of the mother and child, I, I started to think, you know what? The inn wouldn't have been the place mm-hmm. for her to give birth to him. Because what was needed, what they needed was not there in the end. But there is a really good possibility that everything they needed was actually in the stable, right? Karen had talked about Adela Kostanoki, 
um, who I think many of our friends know was the person who had invited Sophia first to work with children and then introduced her to Gianna. And Adele, you know, we're finding out more and more about her. She did this amazing work with newborns and with infancy. And Ruth also talked about the the, the needs of the women in labor. And I, I really started to, to realize that, you know, in God's plan, perhaps the stable did provide what they both needed where the inn could not have done so, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Adele, um, Karen had talked about Adele um, talking about the newborn has these profound needs that are often not acknowledged considering the enormous difference or differences between life in the womb and life outside the womb, right? And that we need to help the newborn be born gently and delicately into an environment that is so different for the baby, that the baby needs silence and low light and solitude with his mother during that first day, during that, we, we hear the golden hour, but even that first day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the end would not have been able to provide that right. at all. Especially because right. of the census, there would have been so many people in the end. They probably right. were like putting people in corners kind of thing. Right. And so that would not have been a place where the oxytocin could have really been at its That's highest right. for Mary and Jesus right. to have that golden hour of bonding afterwards if they were right. been surrounded by people. So yeah, the inn wouldn't have been the most ideal place for right. that. Right. You know, another thing that Ruth had talked about, which I, I was thinking even before they got to Bethlehem, right? She talked about how in the months leading up to the birth during pregnancy that that there are seeds planted within the mother to really help her give birth. And, you know, she needs to feel loved. She needs to know that those around her care about her. They listen to her. You know, she she really needs strong support. And I thought, oh my. And and look at look at the support that Mary had had first just with the announcement with Gabriel, right? He he told her everything she really needed to know. And she had questions and and he listened to those questions and, and responded like she did have that. And she had even before Gabriel's announcement, um, the prophecies that we, of course, look at with the children in the atrium, who this child would be, that a virgin would conceive and bear a son and name him these beautiful names, right? Like she had she had that. And then she goes in haste when she finds out to her cousin Elizabeth, who is pregnant, and she stays with her for all that time. They have this beautiful moment in the visitation where Elizabeth tells her, you know, blessed are you among women and and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And and Mary responds with her her incredible magnificat. Like all and then she stays. So all these seeds that were being planted in her during the pregnancy, I think, and I never thought about that before, really helped prepare her for that moment mm-hmm. of birth. Don't you think? Yeah, I've never thought of it that way either. And it's like the angel Gabriel was telling her at the end when he told her about Mar- about Elizabeth, it's like he was saying, and she can help you also, you know, like let her also mother you through this. You know, 
pointing Mary to Elizabeth for them to have that support that a pregnant woman needs in order to to be at the healthiest emotional and physical state for that unborn child. It's really beautiful. And then Ruth also reminded us that and and this just this just so delighted my heart and I again had not thought about it I don't think in this way. She reminded us that when a woman gives birth it's not only the baby being born but also a mother is being born especially for a first child, right? A mother is being born in that moment as well and she is our mother, mm. right? Our mother and our Lord in that moment in what was possibly the perfect environment. Because when the baby is ready to be born, the child sends messages that tells the mother's body, okay, I'm ready. Isn't that gorgeous? Mm -hmm. Um, And the mother's body then can begin to labor slowly, releasing (laughs) oxytocin, which is, I'm still studying. Um, But this hormone of love, right? This, This gift in our bodies that helps us really love. And the mother and the baby work together to bring the baby into the world. Mm-hmm. They do this together. Mary and Jesus did this together. And and that's really my Advent reflection right now. It's a beautiful Advent reflection. I mean, if you think about oxytocin in the birth of Jesus and how they were granted that beautiful golden hour to sit in that love hormone. Yes. So then... Think about how much Mary loved Jesus in that moment, like just the overpowering hormones that that just compelled her to embrace him so lovingly and him love her so back. Like, how beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. And And I agree. I think that the stable, again, was the perfect environment in order for that deep love to really, truly take root and manifest. To have the space that it needed, the time and the space, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I had not ever really thought about the work that Jesus and Mary did together for him to come into our world. I mean, certainly I have pondered John's beautiful gospel, right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But yet I think about that and I ponder that, I pray about that, usually in a spiritual place, you know? I mean, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And I know in the flesh, I know the mystery of incarnation talks about, um, you know, in the body, Yet I had not really pondered the beauty of this moment that Mary and Jesus did together. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's such a partnership. I mean, we even speak about the mother-baby dyad. There are neurobiologists who have even proven that the baby does not identify as a different human being from the mother for up to a year after birth. So looking at that in light of Mary and Jesus as well, they they were a dyad. They were a unit for from pregnancy, from the conception on through potentially up to a year after Jesus' birth. Like it puts a whole nother level of depth to their relationship that is really beautiful. Yeah. Did you also know that a baby also leaves cells inside of their mother? Yes. 
isn't that amazing? It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there are Jesus's cells were left inside of Mary mm-hmm. gives a whole nother layer to her truly being a tabernacle, to truly being mm-hmm. like the Ark of the Covenant, you know, like mm-hmm. being holy among women and a whole nother light that she literally had God cells inside of her for the rest of her life. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you, Carrie, I mean, certainly you know much more about the needs of a woman in labor just from your own personal work, right? Do you want to share with us a little bit about that? The basic needs of a woman in labor, though, a lot of what Ruth speaks about in her book and what she spoke about at the conference is so parallel to what we're talking about with the birth of Jesus. I mean, you already lifted up that they need quiet Typically, a woman in labor, especially if it's a natural labor, needs to only be surrounded by people that they are completely comfortable with, like completely able to be their mammalistic self and able to have darker lights, um, calm sounds, if any sounds, like low sounds, not um, loud, obnoxious noises, mm-hmm. etc. All of those things create an environment that is very conducive to oxytocin. And then you have adrenaline, with Ruch has spoken about before, especially in the podcast with us, which is the counter to oxytocin. So I imagine that the inn was probably very adrenaline-inducing, mm-hmm. um, where the stable where he was born mm-hmm. was much more oxytocin-inducing. So yeah. it really, it was, I've always imagined the stable being God showing us humility Yes, which of course it is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It it speaks that it as well. But right. I think that this there's something in this also. He wanted to create an environment where his son and Mary could truly have the largest potential for oxytocin to exist right. for them in order to bond in this incredibly deep way that oxytocin allows you to bond in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and we... Uh, you know, Ruth talked a bit about um, the the presence of the father and that, you know, also, you know, thinking about Joseph and how Joseph was there to protect this space and these mm. two and care for them. And even, you know, going back to the seeds from Mary, his dream, again, such a part of this perfect design, really yeah. very beautiful, very beautiful. Yes, very humble. And yes, there is so much richness in this in this moment for us to ponder. But um, this Advent and this Christmas, I really am celebrating this incredible bond, right? Because of course, in that moment, I think she also became our mother, right? Yeah. And yeah. what a good mother she is! Such a perfect example. Mm-hmm. And that the line at the very end of the gospel of the birth of Jesus where it talks about how Mary pondered these things deeply in yeah. her heart. Such a beautiful example. Right. I mean, let's let's think a little bit more too because we can ask ourselves as we do even with the children, right? Okay, now we stand here at this moment and how do we respond? What do we say? What do we do? We have an example even from the shepherds, right? They were just doing their daily work. <laughs> right they were out there in the fields and and what happened let's let's go back to the gospel and and listen to this this moment is is that okay yeah. now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock 
The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Right? You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes out, out there in the middle of the shepherd's field. Right? <laughs> and even, you know, that swaddling. Ruth had talked about, maybe Carrie, you would be better at speaking about this, but how that swaddling really helps with the co-regulation, like Mm -hmm. moving from the womb into the world. Yeah. Yeah. For the first few years of life, a human is not able to self-regulate. And so they need us to help them regulate their nervous system, to regulate their emotions. And one of the ways Mm -hmm. that you can do that is by mimicking the womb for the child, for Mm -hmm. the especially for the first eight weeks to three months. And one of the ways to do that is the tightness of a swaddle it makes mm-hmm. them feel secure again, helps them to co-regulate, to um, feel mm-hmm. like they're inside the womb again. So the, yeah, so that's what Mary was doing. She was, she was swaddled Jesus up. Yep. And this child, as the angels say, is Messiah and Lord, right? The one promised and God himself, right? And in this tiny newborn that only Mary and Joseph and a few shepherds greeted as he came into our world. But the heavens opened up, right? The, all those angels singing, right? And we sing that at every Mass. Glory to God in the highest. Mm-hmm. This year I am going definitely to be singing with the angels. <laughs> You know, I, I, I did get to do that in, in Bethlehem when we had visited. There's a a little church out there on the shepherd's field that's built acoustically for the songs to be lifted up. Oh, and, wow. You know, I think no matter how poorly you sing, you, you <laughs> sound like an angel when you sing there. It was It was gorgeous. But, you know, to be filled with that song, you know, doesn't that also produce oxytocin in us yeah yeah singing does singing Singing does does. so Mm -hmm. again to be filled fully filled with this love for him for her for each other how beautiful isn't that what we want to be celebrating this christmas after everything we just discussed when i read this scripture it makes me really hope that the shepherds came a few hours after Jesus was born. Yes. Not, yes. Well, it, <laughs> not right after, not within the golden hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't specify. Yeah. So, well, it must have taken them a while to find her. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And, you know, maybe we should listen to that. that yeah, let's last finish part listening of the gospel. To it. Right. Right. Do yeah. you want to read it this time? When the angels went away from them to heaven, The shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that has been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Yeah, right. How how shall we welcome him this Christmas? Can we welcome him as a sacred act, right? Certainly mm. we do that in the celebration of the Mass. But how will we live the holiday, right? The shepherds went and saw I mean, they first listened to the announcement, and then they went and saw. They believed what they were told, and then they proclaimed to all who hear. And don't we do the same with the children in the atrium? Can we live this, this Christmas season, you know, in our families, in our communities, with all we we meet, right? And Mary, as you said earlier, Carrie, right, she pondered these things. She kept them in her heart and she reflected on them. And let's let's do the same. Let's continue to reflect on this most incredible moment when, as John says, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What a beautiful, beautiful moment in our relationship with God, right? What a beautiful moment for humanity. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think another thing we can think about is um, let's remember all those mothers giving birth, right? Let's let's remember how we we want to treat them during pregnancy, how we want to help her collect beautiful seeds <laughs> during her pregnancy, so that her birth can be, or you know, her birth, birthing this child can be all. It can be, right? Let us be gentle with her. May we all be Elizabeth. Right, right. Let us all be Elizabeth. Be gentle and kind with her. And pray for all of them, all those who are about to give birth, that Mm -hmm. their births are, 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 are beautiful, that these children are welcomed into the world. We... We take such care, don't we, welcoming three-year-olds into an environment for a couple of hours a week. Well, three to 12, and now younger and older, you know, but we do. We, we as catechists of the Good Shepherd, in the catechesis of the Good Shepherd, we, we do take a lot of care preparing the environment and welcoming them. Yeah. And, you know, this Christmas is a moment to think, how are we welcoming these new people into our world. Can we take great care in that? Mm. And if we did, what would that look like? How would that affect the whole world if mm-hmm. we did that better? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a beautiful reflection. Well, thank you, Mary. Thank you, as always, for joining me. And thank you, Carrie. And let's just together wish everyone a very blessed Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Good Shepherd in the Child podcast. 
In our show notes, you can find links to Ruth's book about the basic needs of a woman in labor, as well as podcast episodes. I linked to the podcast episode we did with Mary and Ruth on oxytocin, the one we did back in the summer with Karen on Adela Kostinyoki. I also, since it, you might be preparing meals for Christmas, wrapping presents, or driving long distances, I put links in our show notes to other episodes that we have done at this time of year about the incarnation that you can listen to as you continue to ponder this great mystery. So there are four different episodes that you can check out to listen to about that subject specifically, as well as one of them is chapter six of the religious potential of the child that we have on audiobook, which is now available on Audible. So if you would like to listen to the third edition of the religious potential of the child read by Rebecca Reutsevich. You can purchase that now on Audible. So go check that out. Don't forget, we also have our podcast listener questions. So if you would like to submit a question that we would answer on the podcast that I could ask one of the people who joined me on the podcast, there's a link in our show notes for how you can submit a question. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. If you would like to know more about the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, or if you would like to become a member, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.